We all crave connection. At our core, we all want to feel loved and understood. Hi, I'm Nechami, founder of Carmela Cosmetics, a company that produces high-performance natural beauty products and is dedicated to uniting and empowering women through the power of color. This is We Are Women, a podcast where women speak their truth and celebrate their victories. This podcast came about as a way to give a voice to all women because we all have stories to share. It's a place where we'll learn about each other and ourselves, dive into important issues that affect us, discover all that we have in common, and make some memories. So pour yourself a glass of bread and get comfortable. Every night is ladies' night, and we are women. Tonight's interview is with Simona Ksold, who has a very interesting story of how she grew up in Austria with her mother and stepfather and consciously chose to take responsibility for her own life at the young age of 17, leaving an abusive environment and bringing her father to court to direct the child support to her. Simona eventually moved to California and established her life there as the successful marketing executive for Sony. But ultimately, that wasn't the life that she felt called to live. So a few months after a retreat in Mexico, she listened to her own intuition and calling and left her cushiony job and moved to Mexico as a life coach. During this interview, Simona shares her journey, what prompted her life-changing decisions, how she worked through her traumatic childhood, along with the lessons she learned, the importance of taking ownership over your own feelings and emotions, and how living a fulfilling and meaningful life can be attainable for anyone. During this interview, I felt like I was very much in the zone when Simona was talking and sharing her thoughts. She's just so inspiring, and I know this interview is going to leave you feeling empowered, inspired, and ready to just face whatever life throws your way. The childhood memory that I had, which was when we shipwrecked uh, off the coast of South Africa. And it was a very interesting experience because I didn't speak a word of English at the time. I grew up in Austria, so my native tongue is uh, German. And it was very strange because we were in this crisis situation for the first time I heard somebody speak in English and I didn't know what to make of it. So I would say I was inquisitive as a child you know I wanted to find out things I read a lot of detective novels and I was always questioning things I was always very very interested in why people are the way they are why things are the way they are and when people say no why is it that is no so I was one of these kids that parents didn't like very much because I always needed to get answers <laughs> like really go to the bottom of everything and look at me you know I'm a coach and I still do this type of stuff so <laughs> kind of meant to be. That's awesome. So were you always planning on becoming a coach? Was that like your childhood? No, when I was little, when I was a little girl, I wanted to become an actress and I wanted to move to Hollywood. And I did. I did end up moving to Hollywood, not as an actress, but I ended up working at a Hollywood movie studio as a marketing executive. But as a little girl, I saw myself as an actress because I saw all these old Hollywood movies and it was just so cool. I knew I had to be there. Wow, that's awesome. So could you tell me about that, like working as a marketing executive? Yeah, I kind of fell into it because I started uh, in the music industry when I first moved to Los Angeles. I was working at Tower Records and then at a record label. And afterwards, I ended up working for a company that was bought up by Yahoo and was a music, online music company. And 
I lost my job when the dot-com bubble burst. And so I was uh, temping at Condé Nast Publishing, which is uh, the people that are uh, publishing Vanity Fair and Vogue magazine. And the person at Vanity Fair introduced me to somebody at Sony and gave them my resume unbeknownst to me. And then I get a call from a person that says, oh, I'm looking for an assistant. Do you want to come in? Uh, this is my name. This is what I need. And by the way, I'm the vice president of, of the company. And I'm like, oh my God. So I met with him and I walked in and he said, oh my gosh, you speak German. You need to work in our international department because we need somebody to help out with that office. And there I was, I got a job in the international marketing department of Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. And I was reporting to the VP of marketing and the VP of creative services. And that's how I got my foot in the door. And the first movie that I ever worked on was Spider-Man, which was really, really, really cool. Yeah, it was really exciting. That is cool. <laughs> yeah, with Tobey Maguire. It was really awesome. Nice, nice. So when you work in the, like, I guess the, it's more in the executive offices, right? Because yeah, it was behind the scenes. So it was not working on the films directly, but actually marketing the movies and particularly marketing them as after the theatrical release and marketing them in the home entertainment release. So all the Blu-rays and DVDs and for the entire world outside of the U.S. and Canada. So we would make the marketing plan for everybody outside the U.S. and Canada and just make sure that all of our countries that were releasing the films had all the marketing materials, got all the approvals, got the PR interviews with the talents. And that was basically my role to facilitate that, which was very exciting. Yeah, that sounds exciting. So did you meet with the talent and discuss things? select you know select few i met the director of spider-man sam raimi and i had to teach him german actually because he wanted to record a greeting for german retailers which was really fun and i met quentin tarantino that was really fabulous i worked on the the advertising campaign for django unchained and we were invited to an event and the executive producer that i ended up working with she was so kind she introduced us to him and we had got a picture taken so but the talent, talent, by the time the I got to work on the movie, they were already off filming another movie, right? So we were just uh, the, the second roundup, but it was really, really cool when we were able to, to deal with the talent directly. Most of it happened through gatekeepers like publicists and managers that you just get on the phone with and then just ask that the talent approve certain thing or that they record something for us for the promotion of the film. But it was very cool. Who I did get to work with though were the, the creators of Breaking Bad, which is one of my all time favorite TV series. Mm -hmm. And I got to work with them personally and they are amazing people. I loved it very much. Well, that's an exciting industry to work in. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is. So what made you decide to change career paths and had, you know, become a coach? Um, it was interesting because I was in a marriage that hadn't been working for years. And then when my ex-husband finally decided to leave, I fell into a big dark hole and um, I was working with a therapist and I was really in a big depression for seven months. And I decided as I was coming out of the fog that I was going to take some time off from my job. And I went to Mexico and did yoga teacher training. And coming out of a meditation uh, with my eyes wide open, I heard a voice say, Simona, you have to move here. And I remember in that moment, the feeling that I had was a feeling of peace and joy, and it felt really aligned. And I remember saying to myself in that moment, in my head, in my mind, yes, I want that. And so the next 
thought that popped in was, but how is that ever going to happen? I mean, here I am, I work in Los Angeles. How am I going to make a living here? And that's never going to work. So lo and behold, you know, when you make a decision, the universe is right there. <laughs> and when you tell it that you mean business, it brings people, places and things into your field of awareness that are meant to be helping you on the journey. So in that teacher training, there were five women. And one of them was a life coach. And I had no idea what a coach did. I had been in therapy for years. And I decided working with her. And in one of the sessions, I had a really big breakthrough. And I thought, wow, I want more of that. I want more of this awareness. And then she opened the first door for me. She recommended a program, a year-long program to enroll in. And little did I know that this was going to give me not only the skills to create a portable business, but also I would meet another person in there that opened the second door and introduced me to my mentor. And that's when it blew wide open. I worked with him for three years and then I finally moved. And when I say for three years, it's because I continue to work with him. But for three years, I was holding on to my security blanket that I thought I couldn't leave this six-figure job with the five weeks paid vacation and with my... 401k and all these benefits and the status, right? To go where? To move to Mexico and, and become a coach and have my own business. But I did, right? And in, in doing so, I was able to help a lot of people who also have a big dream, who also have a big vision that they have on the inside, but don't think is possible to realize. So I helped them take a stand for what's possible versus grabbing on and holding on to the limitations like I did for three years. Wow. That's so powerful. Yeah, it's, 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 it was an evolution. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, I have a few things that I want to touch on. We'll talk about really. Um, the first one you mentioned to me when we spoke, I think it was like last week or I don't know, yeah. time, time is flying by, but it was last week. Okay. About um, growing up. So could you, could we talk about a little bit about what you went through with the child and the abuse and yeah, so I grew up in an, in an abusive household. It was physically, emotionally, and psychologically abusive. Uh, my stepfather was an alcoholic, and my mom was basically dependent on him emotionally and also financially. So I left my parents' home when I was 17 after a huge blowout with my stepfather, and I just knew enough was enough and I didn't want to take it anymore I couldn't take it anymore and he basically said it's my way or the highway and I was a rebel at the time and I said okay it's the highway so my parents drove me to the train station that had a public phone that was at the time you didn't have cell phones they gave me the equivalent of 50 cents so that I could make a phone call I had my um, suitcase with my clothes and my school satchel we didn't have a backpack at the time it was a satchel with my books and my 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 notes and whatnot and so there I was at the public phone booth and I made a phone call to my um then boyfriend and of course nobody picked up and there were no answering machines so I had to walk across town started raining and basically knocked on the door and asked if they would take me in uh, obviously the guy was completely overwhelmed because he didn't uh, count on uh, having his girlfriend move in. He was 23, I was 17. And it just, you know, it, it was chaotic and it fell apart shortly thereafter. But this was the time when I started to figure out, well, you know, I want to go to college. I need to make money. So how do I do this? And ever since I've been 17, I've basically been on my own and responsible for my own income. And the first thing that I did is I went to my grandmother's house and she said, well, why don't you contact your birth father, which I had never met. 
And so I remember we were having lunch and I was, uh, she goes, go to the phone book. I'm sure the number is in there. So I looked the phone number up in the phone book. And as I started dialing, I was really shaking because what am I going to say, right? And so, of course, the person picks up and I said, hey, Mr. So-and-so, my name is Simona. I am your daughter and I need you to send the child support money to me going forward because I left home and um, I need this money to be able to, to live, right, and to go to college. So what happened is we met, uh, he brought his daughter and his wife, and he was reiterating that this is his daughter and I'm not, and that I should take another DNA test. Then he took me to court because he didn't want to pay. The court sided with me and long, long story short, you know, the child support was really good, but it was um, pretty hardcore when you think about it, this is 17 year old negotiating for money with a person that claims that you're not his daughter. And then dealing with the courts. That was something that I didn't expect <laughs> having sure. to do. But yeah, that. So first of all, how did you even find, like, how did you know, find, how did you find your father? Well, I knew uh, I had seen my birth certificate where he was um, listed. And then I knew my grandmother had told me where he lived, where she remembered him to live. Yeah. So you become resourceful, yeah. you know, when you are in dire situations, you become really resourceful. Well, yeah, sure. It's, it and I'm like sure, you know, there was also uh, a higher power guiding me absolutely, and yeah. helping me get, get through this, which was, you know, and he ended up paying the equivalent of $450 a month, which you, you don't think is much money. But for me, it made all the difference in the world because that's how I paid my dorm at the time that was possible. And uh, yeah, and then I started working at a marketing research company. I was making these dreaded telecommunication calls, you know, telemarketer calls. But that was a way for me to earn income while I was going to school. Wow. Which is good. Yeah. Wait, so how did you like deal with the court though? Because if you were, you didn't have a lawyer, I'm assuming. No, I was a minor and the, I had child um, protective services were my custodians with my mom because my mom was a minor when she had me. She had me at age 17, which, you know, she was legally a minor. And the, uh, the child protective services people basically sided with me and said, listen, she's going to be 18 in a few months. It, there's really nothing that you can do legally. You're obligated to pay the child support. If she has moved out of the house, you have to pay it for her to her because it's her money it's not her mother's money and so the court ruled in my favor they knew that I wanted to go to college and you know it was a, a blessing that they saw that you know this was in February and I was turning 18 in in um, in May so it, it didn't make a whole lot of sense for them to not give me the money and to not rule in my favor Wow, okay. But yeah, it was a, it was a, it was interesting. <laughs> sure. So after this, you went to okay. So you got your internship, and then you started working. Yeah. And then that, and then you slowly built up until you became an ex, like a a marketing. Well, what is it called? It. What was your position exactly? It, 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 my. Well, I studied languages, so I started, uh, right? So I had nothing to do with marketing. And when I started working at Sony Pictures, I started as an assistant to the VP of marketing and the VP of creative services. But there I developed a taste for marketing. And when a position became available in marketing, I applied and I had zero knowledge. And 
I was, nobody was more surprised than me when they told me that I got it. And I'm like, holy moly, I don't know anything about marketing. So I made it a point to like uh, study at night and during the weekends, you know, those spreadsheets, those marketing spreadsheets and the formulas. And I was so proud and I wasn't asking for help, right? Which, you know, that's a weakness in itself. But I spent hours and hours deciphering the formulas in those spreadsheets so that I could appear knowledgeable. Right? Wow. Because I'm like, they're going to find out that I'm not good enough. They're going to, they're going to take the position from me. And I didn't want that to happen. So I was like, I got to figure this out. I got to figure this out. I read marketing books. I watched videos and I'm like, oh, well, this is how this goes. Okay. Got it. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That's really amazing. Yeah. Don't, don't do that. If you're listening, ask for help. Okay. <laughs> ask for help. People love to help. And you know, we, we all have to learn things continuously. There's nothing wrong with asking for help. Absolutely. So how did you, you know, overcome and get through all the trauma that you suffered, you know what I mean, all the abuse when you were younger? I would escape in my mind, you know, in my mind, I would just create this fantasy world of where I wanted to be. And I was this superhero detective and I was helping, you know, investigating all these crimes and I just escaped into a different world, you know, um, and yeah, I, I think it made me stronger on the inside just to not live in that in, in that world that I was experiencing. But just to, you know, you could maybe even liken it to somebody that is autistic, that they escape in their own world so that nothing gets to them. But yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting because I couldn't believe that nobody would see the abuse, right? And nobody was doing anything about it and I felt very abandoned but it also made me strong and I became very rebellious because I knew deep down inside you're not going to break me I am going to get through this and when push come, came to shove at 17 I decided that's it it's my way it's not your way wow that takes a lot of strength and power to be able to do that yeah and quite frankly I didn't know what I was going to get into right so I just figured jump jump now and then somehow the universe does catch you and I've experienced it again when I left my my job at Sony because it felt like I was committing financial suicide you know letting go of all these uh, perks and the guaranteed income but the universe was there again and my my boss had said to me okay you can stay on for for a couple more months until we find a replacement which turned into five months which turned into me having a base to create my clients you know to find my clients and 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 be financially stable so that was really a blessing too oh wow yeah i was going to ask you how you were able to make that transition but yeah, the transition was uh, basically I was on I was in my office at Sony and I was on the phone with my coach and she knew that I was moving and she asked, have you resigned your position yet? And I said, no, she goes, well, you're moving next month. You have your plane ticket, you have your lease. So this is you realize that this is what you need to do. And she goes, when is your next meeting with your boss? And I said, it's in half an hour. She goes, OK you're going to go ahead and resign. And then after that, you're going to text me that you did it. So I had this thing, you know, that I committed to, and I'm like, I better do it. Wow. <laughs> and it was a really poignant moment because literally at that point, when I said that I'm leaving, 
the fear was so big that I thought I was either going to faint or puke. And then I heard my boss say to me, I am so happy for you. And with those words, everything became quiet, everything calmed down. And we sat down and we, we talked through a transition plan. And then, like I said, the transition plan, you know, it was supposed to be two months, it turned into five months. And I kid you not, this was on Thursday. On Saturday, I enrolled my highest paying client at the time. And it was at the time for $5,000. And it was just, it meant the world to me. But it was also like the universe was saying, you know what, we got you. Look at this. This is working. You are on the right path. This, this is your path. And kudos to you for stepping through the fear. So if anybody's listening and you are on the fence, you know, if it's a true heart's desire, if you feel it in your heart that this is your path, I know that the fear is there, but the fear is not going to go away until you step into it and you do whatever you need to do anyways. And you will be really surprised what awaits you on the other side, because we build up in our mind this monster, right? Like all kinds of horror scenarios of what it's going to be like. And the beautiful thing is when you step through it, you realize that it's completely different. You know, it might be feeling free. You might have a windfall. But it's not the monster that you made up in your head. And I think this is so critical to understand for anybody listening that's on the fence that do it anyways and trust that you are going to be supported. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's extreme, that's totally true and and so powerful. Do you have any tips or advice for women who feel fear, but they know it's the right thing for them to do, like how to overcome that fear and just go for it? Yeah, the fear is not going to go away. But anytime that you feel fear, use it as a signpost that you are on the right track, welcome it and say, wow, I wouldn't be feeling this if this wasn't meant to be. And I tell you why you're feeling the fear. We feel the fear because something in our subconscious puts that fear in front of us because it feels that it's not safe to go there. And we got to understand that the subconscious is primarily programmed to keep us safe and alive. So whatever it deems not safe for you, and that's going to be very personal to you based on your early childhood experience and your whole life experience, it will put up the wall of resistance. And the closer you get to your breakthrough, the more intense you're going to feel the fear. Okay. So when the fear comes, know this, you are so close to breaking through. Do not stop. Step across that line. We call that line the terror barrier because it, it's it's that point where the fear is so unbearable. Like for me, where I felt like I was going to puke or faint. But you are when when you are at that point, at the maximum point of discomfort, take that next little step because that is how you break through. And when you do break through, you give yourself that experience that you've done it. And then the next time the fear comes up, you already know what to expect because the fear will never go away as we grow, right? The more we stretch out of our comfort zone, the more present the fear is going to become. But giving yourself that experience, you already know, I can do this. I've done it before. I'm doing it again. Yes, it's uncomfortable. But man, I am also grateful for it because it gives me this opportunity to grow and to become a better version. I get to help more people. I, I get to show myself what I'm made of, what I'm capable of achieving. And that is such a huge win, not just for you, but for all the people that you're touching in your life. I love that. I love that. Thank you. You're welcome. 
you know what that reminds me of? You know when you are like fear of public speaking is a huge fear, right? And Mm -hmm. that fear right before you go on stage, which is like so heightened, you're like, what was I thinking by agreeing to this lecture? Or or maybe you weren't didn't have a choice because it's your high school's graduation speech or whatever. And it's like increases, increases. You feel so nauseous, like you were saying, and then you do it. And then after there's this feeling of just like, like you're on a high. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like that with fears in general. That's what it sounds like you're saying. Yeah, it's true. It's true because I mean, in in the situation where I left the job, it just subsided and then it, it became completely peaceful, right? But if you are on stage, you know, you can ride that that adrenaline to really move your audience, and then when you come down from this adrenaline rush, right, it's kind of like. Ooh, you're slowing down, but you have all these um, hormones flooding your system, right? All these uh, emotions. And then it's like, it's, it, it really is a high. It is a high, but also it's a celebration because you did it, right? Despite of the fear, despite everything. For sure, for sure. And the moment of peace, like you were saying, after you overcome your fears, that's when you know that you did the right thing. Yes because it's so peaceful. And it was literally from one second to the next, everything calmed down. And I was like, wow, this feels good. Like when I first heard, heard the voice say, you have to move here, it was the same feeling, you know? This feels good, this feels right, this feels aligned. Wow. And yeah. it's also this sense of things are moving now because the minute you break through the fear, you set a cause emotion. And then you just keep moving forward, taking the next step and taking the next step. But in the beginning, it's all about making the decision to do it and then to take the action. For sure. For sure. And then once you took the action, were there any like setbacks along the way or anything that you had to like overcome? Well, you know, you step into your next level and new level, new devil, right? So there is new challenges. <laughs> and yes, because like we just talked about, I had to learn how to speak in public. And if you had seen me in college or in high school, I was the girl that would not look at the audience, but would look at a point at the wall or have my hair in my face so that nobody would see me because I had a visibility issue, a huge one, right? And so I knew that in order to be a business owner, I need to get my message out there. That means I need to be in front of the people that I can help. But if you have a visibility problem, that is a huge issue, right? So I had challenged myself to do a talk and I knew that I was terrified of public speaking, but I had booked it. And then I came, I was at a workshop where I became a facilitator for modality that I use with my clients, which is basically changing a belief that you have about yourself on the subconscious level through a process that is based in neuroscience. And so I went through it and I said, I want to change my belief that I'm horrible at public speaking to that I am an excellent public speaker. And we did that. So they took me through the process. And when I did my talk a month later, I had 26 people. It was a small hotel where we did the the talk. Nobody knew that was my first time speaking in public. People came up to me. They were like, oh my God, this was wonderful. I felt good. I was able to look at people. I was able to involve people. We had a Q&A afterwards. You know, I was engaging with people. It was completely different, right? But that was my next level. And then there is always a next level, you know, like, 
uh, a third level was being vulnerable because I have a, perf a perfectionism thing going on, right? So talking about my flaws and the things that I'm not comfortable with, that's still a challenge, right? Because, well, what are people going to think about it, right? But in all actuality, it's none of my business because people are always going to say or think something, right? And it's up to them what that is. I can't change it, right? But that was an, an, an edge to lean into and continues to be, to be vulnerable and to share certain things, you know. Um, I think with you is one of the very first times that I talk about the abuse, you know, because for me, I worked through that when I was in my 20s and, and I shared left, right and center about it. And I also became, um, I wouldn't say an alcoholic, but I was definitely drinking too much and with just to numb all this pain. And I remember distinctly uh, during one of those drinking sessions, I shared about my, my abuse and I just broke down in tears and somebody started yelling at me. Uh, to stop doing that, that they didn't want to be bothered with this type of story. So I just stuffed it down and stuffed it down and stuffed it down. Um, but it's, you know, it's, uh, thank you. Thank you actually for asking the question because it's, um, it's not something that I normally talk about, but maybe it will help somebody who is listening to, you know, on their journey that they hear this. I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will, because obviously these things are so personal and so, I'm trying to think of the right word. Like it's more than traumatic. It's just, it's horrible, really. These situations that people are in, especially women when they're so, um, and children, you know, the vulnerable ones among us. And yeah. um, it's, it's scary because so people feel so alone when they're going through. Yeah. And, and, and I think you, you, you nailed it when you said vulnerable, because when you were little, you know, you want an adult to be there to protect you. And that is sort of what we're depending on. And when that is not there, when you have to rely on your own, definitely makes you resilient. But I believe that I had to go through this experience to be able to hold space for other people so that I had to learn how to be with that. And, so that I can have compassion for other people, because sometimes people that come, you know, everybody has a story. And for me to be able to help people, I need to have experienced certain things to be able to do that, to be able to understand and to, to hold the space for them and help them through certain things that they come for. So wow. everything happens for a reason. It happens for us. It's essential to for us to ultimately fulfill our purpose, what we're here to do. So if you're having a hard time, if you're listening to this right now, know that it's happening for you and that somewhere in there, there is a gift. You know, for instance, when um, my marriage fell apart, um, the gift was that I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today had my husband not released me my ex-husband, right? And I think if I hadn't gone through the abuse as a child, I wouldn't have the strength to do what I'm doing today and to help people through whatever it is they are going through. So everything happens for us. It's not good or bad. And everything has a gift in it. And it's 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 up to us to to find it, to cherish it, to be grateful for it, and and obviously also to forgive, to forgive ourselves and to forgive those who trespassed against us, so to speak, uh, because they probably also didn't know what they were doing and they didn't have the tools to, to know any different, right? That's so interesting that you mentioned forgiveness because 
I mean, there's like a lot to unpack there, but I think that um, for one, when we forgive others, it's, we're really helping ourselves by not holding on to that. Yeah. Because otherwise we carry the, we carry that weight, you know, and I'm not saying I'm perfect at that. There's still some issues that I have to resolve. Um, and I can at least take a step back now and see it differently and really see it with more compassion and say, you know, that person didn't really know how to handle the situation. Um, they have their own wounds. They have their own um, hangups and they just didn't have the tools. Doesn't make it right. However, I mean, you can't fault somebody for not being con at a level of consciousness and not having the tools to 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 help themselves right so and and when you take it even a step back further from um you know from a metaphysical level you could say that we are all souls right and we all came here to learn something and when because i went through a process of it's not a past life regression but 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 a process where you basically see yourself at the point of conception and what i saw was i was with my team you know, as a soul. And I said, okay, so this time I'm coming down. I want to learn to be strong. Right. And I remember that it went, it came through. And so there were people that said, okay, I'm going to help you with that. You know, I'm going to, I'm, but I'm going to be a different person so that you can really learn what that means to be strong. And I am, ever since I went through the process, reminded when things are hard, this is what I signed up for. And that the person who is in front of me, that is, where I'm experiencing this, they signed up at the time and said, I'm going to be the one person that's going to help you learn that in this lifetime. So it depends how you want to look at it, because we can look at it as, am I a victim? Are things being done to me? Or can I look at it as, no, I did sign up for that. And I know this might sound very strange for some of you that are listening that have had horrible experiences, but it's a way to take your power back. Hear me on that. Because if we blame other people, we completely give our power away. But when we take it back and we say, I signed up for this on a soul level, so I'm having this experience, then I can change things, right? Then I can empower myself because I walked away at 17, right? I walked away from other situations and I, I can talk about this right now because if I would be blaming, then I would be a victim and nothing would change, right? But the minute I, I take responsibility, that puts me in a power position where I say, okay, and now I'm making a decision to change. I'm walking away from this. I'm not having this anymore. I'm not tolerating this any longer in my life. I'm cutting ties and I'm going to handle it differently. So I know this is a quite challenging to understand for people when you hear it for the first time. It was for me, but the longer I thought about it, um, the more sense it made to me. And when I went through that experience, you know, it, it became very clear. For sure. Yeah. I mean, because in a way it's like easier said than done because when someone's going through something so hard, it's just, it's hard to think about it. Like, oh, this is being done for me to make me a better person. Yeah. You're, and as you're going through it, you're not going to be able to see it like that, but you can say something like, I know, like, it depends on your level of consciousness. Obviously, if you have worked a lot on, on this, you can say, man, this sucks. But I know somewhere in there, there ought to be a little bit of good, right? Yes. And the bigger the hurt, the bigger the pain, the bigger the drama, 
there has to be something equally good on the other side for you as you come through, because such is the law of polarity. You know, everything is, which basically states everything is created whole. There is a, no one side to a thing. It's all connected. Some people call it the law of attraction. But so if you're going through a really awful experience, something equally good must be on the other side. And it's here at the same time. It's just when we're so focused on, on the bad thing, we can't see it. With my divorce, I couldn't see it for years. I was blaming. I was bitter. I was angry. And, and then I realized, you know what? We didn't love each other anymore. And what a great gift he gave to me that he released me because I wasn't able to leave. So well. thank you. I say thank you to him now that he had the presence of mind to say, you know what? I can't live like that any longer. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So what piece of advice would you give to someone who is currently going through a difficult time? Um, any sort of trauma it could be like similar to your experience or maybe something else. Like, do you have any piece of advice for them? Well, I think the biggest pieces of, of advice is work through it, work through the emotions. I had a psychologist that I worked with and who really helped me in the crisis mode and then take a step back and ask yourself, what is it that I really want? Because that's what it's all about, right? Uh, what, where do you want to go? What do you want to be? Uh, what are the things that you want to do with your life, right? And then start focusing on that and start focusing on the positive and start figuring out how can you get there. That's what I did. But in the moment that you're going through the experience, allow yourself the emotions because you're human, right? Seek help. Um, seek a counselor, a psychotherapist, a coach, whoever it is who can help you reframe things because when we are so in our emotional turmoil, we can't see the forest for the trees. Uh, the program just runs and we dig ourselves in deeper and deeper and deeper. So it's good to have somebody who is objective, who can say, who can give you a different perspective so that you then might look at it with different eyes. I think that's that that's the most important thing. And always ask yourself, what's true for me? You know, who am I? What do I really want? What is true for me? Because when I went through the divorce, it was about I felt like I wasn't good enough, you know, but that wasn't true. You know, it wasn't true. It's just it didn't work. We weren't in love. It had nothing to do with me. It's not that I'm not good enough, not enough, or there was something, somebody better. It was just not meant to be. Yes, it was very painful, but it didn't have anything to do with me personally. Right. The reframing is so, so crucial. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And just, you know, rejection, like we all feel bad when we feel rejected, but we have to understand that when somebody rejects us, it's not about us. It's about them. It's about the conflicts that they are having, the wounds that they are having. And like my mentor said something beautiful, which I really hold on to. He said, he said, you know, person X, whoever that is for you, I know that that person doesn't know, right? And when you can say that, I mean, for me, almost immediately what happens is I step out of the ego and I can go into a place of compassion because if, if it's like a little child, right? That person just doesn't have the tools. It doesn't mean that they're evil or that they are doing this on purpose, they just don't know, right? I happen to know because I am on a different level of consciousness. 
but I know that they don't know. And when I take that step, I can take my deeper emotions out of it and, and bringing compassion and love and maybe even bless the person, but also say, you know what, that doesn't mean that I'm going to have to tolerate that because I'm making a decision. I'm not tolerating that, but I bless you and I leave, you know, I walk away. Yes. Mm -hmm. Wow. This is such a great, um, like your life experience is so helpful and so inspiring for other people. You know, this is such a learning experience. Our listeners are just going to be, are going to benefit so much from, from hearing you. Well, excited. that is my main intention <laughs> by sharing my story. Yes. Yes, for sure. Um, I feel like I was like in a zone, like just like listening to you, just like sitting here listening, you know, <laughs> absorbing what you're telling me. <laughs> um, I love it. So, okay. So now you are, I just want, you know, to reiterate that you're in such a great place now. You have your own business. Um, you know, you work through your own emotions and feelings and whatever you had to work through. And it's such an, it's such an inspiration to see where you are now and for everyone to hear how far you've come really, you know? Yeah. So this is the question that I ask everyone at the end. So what is something that you hope that the next generation of women won't have to struggle with? That is a great question. Trust themselves. Know who they are. Trust themselves, their ability to just go for it, that everything's available to them. Yes. Self-trust. I love that. Oh my gosh. I talk about that all the time here, like on our page about trusting your gut and intuition. Yeah. Because your intuition knows. And actually that's, that, that's, that's a great point. Listening to your intuition because it knows best. It's your higher self speaking to you. Trust. You are already born with everything, right? Cause you, I believe that we are all an extension of the divine and that the divine is seeking expression through us. So the things that we want, the desires that we have, that is a higher power seeking expression through us. That also means that that higher power gave us the tools. It's up to us to believe that and then to look for them because they are inside. And that's one of the things that I do as a coach. I help people birth that. I help make them see with their eyes, right? That yes, they can, they can. So that's why I'm saying, take a stand for your possibilities and let go of those limitations because you have already everything inside. It was given to you at, at the time of your conception so that you can go after what it is you want to go after and fulfill that. And in doing so, you are expressing, the universe is expressing itself through you, God, the divine is expressing itself through you. And in doing so, you are contributing to the lives of other people in so many ways, not just your own, but to so many other people. And that's the whole point of your life to contribute and to prosper in doing so. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so powerful. It's like, I keep saying that over and over again, but you are, you're just like, <laughs> you're so inspiring and yeah, your words are so powerful and, and true. Um, okay. So um, where can people find you if they want to learn more about you? They can find me on my website, uh, simonaxol.com. So it's S-I-M-O-N-A-K-S-O-L-L.com. You can send me an email at simona, 
at simonaxol.com. Friend me on Facebook, on Instagram, and I'm also on LinkedIn. Great. I'm going to um, I'm going to link all that in, in the show notes. I'm going to write it, put it all in, so people could find you. Um, okay. Thank you so much for joining me tonight, Simona. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Nahami, for having me. This has been my pleasure, and thank you for the opportunity to speak to your audience. That's all for tonight. Thanks so much for listening. Connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Carmela Cosmetics. That's Carmela with a K. And on our website, CarmelaCosmetics.com. If there's a woman in your life whose story needs to be heard, send me a message to let me know who she is and why she means so much to you. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know your thoughts. We want you to feel heard. 